Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Yeah, that's right. Taco sauce. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX I'm Montana. So hard, Coulter, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> I couldn't even hear it in my in my ears, but uh, regardless, welcome back, Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, one stop comedy show, including some sports takes from time to time. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? It's okay. You can always find it on the podcast. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Awesome first hour. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, joined us to discuss his list of countdowns of the top position players in all the FCS. Uh, he's done quarterbacks, linebackers. He also gave us some insight into the FCS, specifically the Big Sky Conference, as finally FCS football is back in full force this fall. We also heard from a variety of local and national standouts. Marty Morningweg hosted his quarterback school this afternoon at Missoula Big Sky. We were able to catch up with Missoula Big Sky head coach Matt Johnson, as well as Missoula Sentinel standout Zach Cruz, Helena High standout Caden Hewitt, the most recent commitment to the University of Montana football team, and then, of course, Jeff Garcia, longtime starting quarterback in the NFL and the guest coach at this year's Marty Morningweg quarterback school. Well, we somehow made it to another week. I didn't get kicked off the radio last week, although that was one of my greatest fears. We had Carolyn, our good friend, the chick who doesn't know sports, here on Nuanez Now, live for the first time ever. Uh, her dogs also made their first appearance here on ESPN Radio. And uh, she almost 
was naughty, but was not, which is good. And so here we are doing it again, but again, back to our old format, recording, leading up to Thursday's show. Carolyn, thank you for not getting us banned by the FCC. It How are you doing? It was touch and go there for a while, <laughs> but I did it. And... Um, I'm sorry. You just never know what's going to come out of my mouth. I can't help it. <laughs> it is one of the things that makes this segment the best. A lot going on in the world of sports right now. Even though it's supposed to be sort of a slow time in sports, it's not. There's all sorts of things uh, on the horizon, particularly the Olympics coming up. But I know you have a lot to talk about. So what do you got? Well, I want to talk about the Euros, the uh, big okay. soccer tournament. Um in the finals, it was England versus Italy, as I'm sure most people know, because it has been all over the news. And it came down to three penalty kicks and three players missed, um, which I really don't know if you can. That would be so hard as it is. You know, you, you take the PK and right. then you miss it. Right. Three of them missed it. But what's really getting me upset is how these Poor guys have been treated. Um, they're black, and so there's been all this racist, you know, people saying all these horrible things. One of them had a beautiful mural in his hometown, and it was uh, defaced. But four people in the UK have been arrested for racial abuse of these soccer players, and more will be arrested. Um, I just, I can't even believe people would be so disgusting. I don't know why I'm always shocked at this. <laughs> I don't know either. And in fact, it is actually funny because we talk a lot about fan vitriol in America, but soccer fans who are wronged and or like are disappointed by the result are perhaps, I mean, do you remember the story of the two Escobars? Do you remember the story of the, uh, so Pablo Escobar is obviously the, the most infamous kingpin in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. But then there was Andres Escobar, who was the largest uh, soccer... He's the biggest soccer star in Colombia. It's his brother? No. Oh. <laughs> they're unrelated. But Pablo Escobar was using a lot of Colombian drug money to fund the Medellin cartel as well as a lot of soccer in Colombia. They were very intertwined. Okay. Pablo Escobar was a drug kingpin, but he's also basically running the country of Colombia, including having a huge influence on the soccer team. Andres Escobar missed a penalty kick, and he was murdered. So, uh, I don't want to say that racial vitriol after missed kicks because of a sporting event is any sort of good. I'm also not trying to tie these two things together and say that it's progress, but I will say that uh, it, it, it has been a lot worse. Soccer used to be like, if you missed a kick or a goal on the world stage uh, you literally had to fear for your life um, that is horrible so bad you should watch oh, you should watch all the 30 for 30s but the two Escobars is a, not just a great 30 for 30 it's one of the most compelling documentaries I've ever seen of any sort it's uh, it's unbelievable the, the, the influence that the drug cartels had and well, still have but, but had on the world is just like wow I just hope these boys all this horrible, you know, abuse aside, um, don't end up like Ray Finkel. <laughs> Ray Finkel. Oh because my I can only imagine, like, I will wake up in the middle of the night or, like, can't fall asleep at something stupid I said at a wedding, like, 15 years ago. It'll, like, stress me out. I can't even imagine what these, how overwhelming, uh, like, just all of the replays, all the things going through your head. How do you even, I don't know, I would have to be on a lot of medication. 
Is so much of it is a choice, though, too. It's it's one of the most uh, tactful and I think impactful decisions LeBron James has made. I think it's what sets him apart from his peers. And James Harden goes to the club all the time, and he's always dating the starlets. And Kevin Durant is so infamous for being on Twitter all the time and having these burner accounts and like going at people that are critical of him and pretending like it's not Kevin Durant. It's like yeah. it's you, dude. Everybody knows it is. Uh, and LeBron James doesn't even he does not even carry a cell phone that's right. between we, we March and the end of the NBA yeah. Finals. No, that's smart. Like, when you see LeBron pregame, he doesn't have his beats on and stuff. He's, reading, he's reading a book. Oh, wow. He doesn't go on. Because it's like, if you just remove it from your life... Right. I mean, if you're LeBron James, you probably have like 50,000 people a day tweeting at you. He could Half get a Walkman. I mean, I think you need some music before <laughs> you go out man. there. Oh, my gosh. Remember Walkmans? Yeah. I used to have a Walkman that had Tetris on it. I was a tape player. What? So I used to like Tetris and Mob Brown listening to my Michael Well, Jackson. I had a sports one, and it was Ooh. yellow. And it had the turbo bass. If you really wanted to kick it up a notch, you'd push the turbo bass. Um, but anyway, I I just these boys also have been have been shown a ton of love from England and around the world. So I hope they're I I felt for them. But I also want to take a moment because people have been concentrating on these guys and their miss. But what about the goalkeeper? Right. I mean, his name is I can't even pronounce this. Gianluigi. Donnarumma. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Not as if I would actually know. Well. Unfortunately, I'm not an aficionado on Italian I, soccer, but. I don't know if I told you, but Nick is, wants to be goalkeeper now in soccer. Like that's his new goal. I don't no know intended. Nick. I haven't watched him compete in sports enough, but it seems to me that he's far too fast and aggressive to be the guy that stands on the back. I know. <laughs> I, I don't know why, where this came from, but. Because isn't he really fast? Yeah. He should be the. I know. Center guy. I'm not my, this, ma, this mama heart Forward. can't take him being a goalkeeper. However, I do want I just think if you can in the Euros final stop three PKs from clearly yeah. very good players. Yeah. I mean that's who they should be concentrating on, For not sure. these three guys who missed it. Talk about the guy who who saved it. For sure. So, do that everyone. See, this is why you're always welcome here on Nuanas now cuz we try to make it all about the positives too. That's right. The uh, yeah, the the constant scrutiny is exhausting sometimes in sports. Except when it's about Tom Brady, I can <laughs> well, right, but, make fun of that. Well, yeah, but you're, yeah, exactly. When you're choosing the negative storyline over the positive one, like in this case, that's one thing. When you are just scrutinizing some soulless villain, it's not nearly right. as bad. Right, a soulless villain. Okay, so speaking of. Positive. Okay. I'm positive that Tristan Thompson and Lamar Odom are going to get in a fight at a club. Here's why. How much could the NBA improve if they just removed the Kardashians from, exactly. the, from the bubble that is the NBA? These I know, women just, are just ruining these players. Yeah. Well, so Tristan cheated on Chloe again. Shocker. So they oh, she man. ended things. And then, of course, she posted a bikini pic on Insta, and Lamar Odom commented on it that she looked hot or something. And then Tristan Thompson commented under that, like, <laughs> you going to play? It didn't end well for you last time. Oh, my Blah, blah, God. blah. And so now they're they're uh, in a fight over Chloe. This is just too much. <laughs> These poor guys. Yeah. They should go meet some non-reality TV show girls. Right. I, I, 
You could get whatever girl you want if you're these guys. I don't understand why I they don't want either. those girls. Well, they want to be famous. Well, I get it, but they already are. So now, I mean, I see- didn't know Tristan Thompson before. Well, right, but now you do, and right. you will forever. So if he just go ahead and got a normal girlfriend, right. then he would be fine. Well, he sounds like a total snake, and I, yeah. I can't imagine why anyone would ever want to date. He's cheated on Chloe and probably his, you know, ex girlfriends. He's got, he's got to keep it in his pants. Can I say that? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Okay. Uh, the, I don't know. There's so much here. The Kardashians aside. <laughs> one, once, once, I, I just try, I'm trying to think of where to even start with this. The romantic and personal lives of famous people, particularly politicians and athletes, was uh, considered off limits from the media. When? Until like the mid-1980s. Huh. And then there was that famous senator, Gary Rice, I want to say. Yes. And he had this raucous affair with this like beautiful blonde woman while he was uh, either running for or trying to get reelected. Yeah. You, you sort of I remember I kind of remember it, yeah. That was like the first tabloid journalism when they were talking about a politician's romantic life. What about JFK in Maryland? No one was talking about that during the 60s. That was all retrospective. That was all after they had died. Okay. But no one was, like, there wasn't... Right now, if that was happening, like, if the president was having an affair with the largest movie star in the world, that would be on the front page of every single tabloid every single day. Right, right. That was not... There wasn't tabloids in 1964. I know. That really stinks for that. It doesn't, though. (laughs) Because that's what I'm saying, is now we've seen this rise in the NBA where... There's these, there's this, man, we could go so far down the rabbit hole on this, but there's this culture of women that are trying to find uh, athletic, successful, rich, yeah. professional athletes. There's apps for it. There's, there's a There's Raya. this app called Baller Alert Stop where you it. get an alert when a dude walks into a club so you can go to that club. Oh my God, that is so stupid. And now there's become this industry, this media industry, which I find so disturbing, but Teach their own. Get yours. But like, there's this group of women that will basically jersey chase and and uh, track down and have relationships with these athletes, and then break up with them, and then podcast about it. And this is where like the Odell Beckham stuff last year came out, and this is where a lot of this Dwight Howard stuff and Ben Simmons stuff. And, and no, we can't talk about any of this on the radio because it's all very obscene and inappropriate. But I guess what I'm saying is like to think that how do you even say this? There's a lot going on with these pro athletes, and I think it's. It, I think it has a huge influence on their performance detrimentally. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of yeah. stuff going on about Ben Simmons right now, and Ben Simmons has been scrutinized heavily for not being able to shoot free throws, for not being able to shoot. Period. He's this 25 million dollar a year guy for the Philadelphia 76ers. But then when you read all the stuff about his personal life, it's like, well, that yeah, that's why this dude can't do it because he's like got 14 girlfriends i'm like you know it's just right. it's exhausting this people don't give it enough credit i don't want to get into the a debate about the morality of relationships or anything like that but lebron james is married to the girl he's been dating since he was in high school that's a huge influence to his success same that was how kobe was exactly well, he got in a little trouble but sure, you know right but like they knew each other from when they were young before right. like before Bef- it's okay. it's really impossible to know lebron before he was famous because he was famous when he was like 14 yeah. but but 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like before he was worth a billion dollars, his right. wife knew him and loved him. And I think that's huge. I think yeah. it's a huge influence. And I think these young guys now are just so caught up. I mean, Tristan Thompson signed such a huge contract and then started dating a Kardashian and it's sucked since then. Yeah. Lamar Odom almost died because he got so wrapped up in it. Well, yeah. I mean, I 100% agree. I think there's a Kardashian curse. Oh, I imagine coaches are like, do not date one of these women. I can't imagine. I bet you that there's an author out there that's already working on a book. Oh, God, I the can't The way wait. the Kardashians ruined, ruined the, the NBA. NBA. For real. Because every guy that they've dated has just been... They become more famous than they deserve, and then it's like all the way down the rabbit hole. Was James Harden always a jerk before he became famous for dating um, a Kardashian? Because he was a jerk to her, right? You know, from what I've he's heard, he's kind of just a jerk. Okay, yeah. And then he got his ego, you know. Anyway, well, speaking of NBA players, <laughs> do you want to see Shaq in his underwear? <laughs> so, Chica doesn't know sports here on Nuanas. Now, I'm cool through Nuanas. Good friend Carolyn joined us. Um, why? How? <laughs> what? I guess he was um, broadcasting from his home. Uh, I think he's on Inside the NBA. Is that correct? Whatever that show. That is correct. Inside the NBA, the greatest studio show ever created. He was um, just dressed from the top up. Mm. And then he got very excited during a game or something, and he started jumping up and down, and he got out of his seat, and, and he was in his undies. I don't want to see it. Oh, man. Um, I always just laugh at stuff like that because, like, Shaq is so big. He probably, not probably, he certainly has to special order everything. Yeah, I'm sure he like, has to special order Like, there is no underwear at the store that Shaq can buy. No. Or socks or right. undershirts, belts. Right. <laughs> he is a monster. A I monster. mean, in the best way, I love him. But Oh, yeah, no, but there's nobody that's big like that. I mean, I mean he, do you, what do you think? he probably has, like, a 50-inch waist, right? Now? Yeah. At least, right? Yeah. He's, he is large and in charge now. <laughs> I mean, he's large and in charge, period. Even well, at his most fit. I mean... When I met him, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> right, in 1997, that's right. That's right. he was very tall, yes. but he was in shape because he was playing. Well, right. So, But even Shaq in his best shape weighed like 330 right. pounds. I mean, he's 7'2". Yeah. Jeez. Imagine how terrible it would be to try to sleep. Like, where, what is his food bill like? I mean, imagine birthing that <laughs> Or like having that be your husband, like Ugh. sleeping in the same bed as him, like so uncomfortable. You'd have to have like a custom-made bed, Oh, obviously. he definitely has a custom-made yeah. bed. I've seen it on his cribs. It's it's like this giant Superman bed. It's, well, like, wasn't his it's like 14 first, feet by 16 feet. His first feet. wife was like teeny weeny Tiny, too. tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny. Yeah, like 5'2". Yeah. Yeah, two feet shorter than Shaq. <laughs> That is insane. Well, anyway, if you want to see him in his underwear, just go. <laughs> well, he's pressed around his underwear a little bit before, anyways. I don't know. I got a lot of respect for Shaq because you know he is—he's uh, a little portly now, but not really. I mean, mm. it's pretty hard to maintain any level of physical fitness when you're in your late forties and you're that big. Totally. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not, not like even he, that big, and I'm in my mid forties. It's not it's like he enough. can go on a little jog. Why? I don't think... You're not jogging when you weigh 400 pounds. You break your foot. <laughs> That's true. Well, what do you... He could elliptical. He could spin. I guess. You think he's got fit on a spin bike? <laughs> well, I barely fit on one. a spin bike. I mean, he should work out. His heart... You know, like, Great Danes die when they're eight? He's yes. going to, like... His heart's going to explode. Oh, that's for sure true. Oh, no. That's that's going to happen. I mean, I hate to... I absolutely hate to say that. I don't want to put that on anybody. And, no, and, and no. hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. But, I mean... It's like Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain died when he was 66 years old because yeah. you just can't be seven. I mean, he's just huge. Well, he also 
might have had an STD. <laughs> I think Will was. I think Will was doing okay. Uh, didn't yeah, he, no. Didn't he sleep with like eight thousand women or, or twenty thousand? He says. Sick. Oh, that's so gross. Uh, it's also uh, mathematically impossible. So, okay. Uh, I think it was a vast exaggeration. I mean, all of the people at the Playboy Mansion does not count. Yeah, regard, I mean, it could have been multiple situation. All right, we're not going to go there because you're going to get, you're going to. Yeah, we're already in trouble. What else you got? Um, so Jay Cutler said that he has been experiencing some symptoms of CTE. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. He's um, suffering memory loss and, you know, all of that stuff. So he said he's delaying it with diet and supplements and hoping to get ahead of it. So that's good. I mean, yep. if he can, I think it's good that people are now recognizing this early yep. and, um, you know, trying to get ahead of it. But I really just don't know if you can get ahead of it. That's the problem. Right. Well, he's doing some different therapies and so I hope that he can. Not that I really care for him either way, but it, wouldn't, I don't want anyone to suffer. It's a wild deal because I think that now we have all this knowledge about head injuries. Really, the only way to mitigate them is to just not play football. But I don't think that any player that ever played in the NFL would tell you, even if they were severely injured and had bad brain problems after they retired, they still would say, I'd do it again. Yeah, and that's what he said. He said he would. Meanwhile, a sad story about Richard Sherman. You know who that is? Oh, of course I do. Yeah. We have not talked about this much because I, when I initially heard this, thought that there is so much more to this story than what they were putting out. And I thought a lot of the reporting yesterday was very irresponsible. Yeah. I couldn't believe they put the 911 call out like less than 12 hours after that happened. Like his poor wife, mm-hmm. you know, she, and the, everything that she was saying and stuff is just such a, I don't know. I thought it was very telling about... Uh, certain elements of American society and their distrust of police officers and like basically his wife was saying hey I need help but when you come here my husband is a very angry African American man and you can't shoot him well and she was like that was her number one thing don't kill him don't kill him but he was still arrested and from what I understood he was threatening to commit to kill himself yep he had drank he had consumed two bottles of hard alcohol yep um, and I don't understand why he was arrested, except maybe, like, was it a 5150 or something? Well, I don't know. hit and run first. He, oh. he drove through a construction site and hit a, a barrier. <gasps> oh, I didn't realize that. And then he that. was at okay. the house. And so, I mean, it's uh, it's King County, so state of Washington. So uh, any domestic dispute, someone, one person has to go to jail, period. Oh, okay. Well, I hope... He's okay and whatever, you know, that's was, was very sad. And it's, well, it's, there's a lot, there has to be more to the story because right. Richard Sherman is among the most accomplished and, um, how do you even say? I mean, he, he, he's been one of the biggest advocates for, for social justice. He's been one of the great, um, mouthpieces on all of the stuff that's gone on in society. I mean, he was an academic All-American during his time at Stanford. So that's not to say that, you know, people that are very smart and intellectual don't also have demons, because he obviously does. But I just think that there's a lot more going on here. Yeah. This isn't like a continuation of some weird pattern or something like well, that. Well, I was wondering about maybe deal. CTE. You yeah, know, maybe. he's. I mean, he's so young. I mean, he's not even as old. He's like a year or two younger than me, I think. He's only 32 oh. or 33. Like, he's he's still in the... He's a free agent right now, but he still could be playing. Oh, got it. Okay. Well, I hope he's okay. I hope he and his wife are okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, 
it's a weird one because Richard Sherman's so well respected and so um, I don't know. Yeah, but a lot of the stuff that came out yesterday was a little bit over the top. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, finally, I want to talk about The Weight of Gold on HBO Max. You watched it? I watched it. Good um, job. This is a great documentary by Michael Phelps. Um, I don't want to be a downer, but I highly recommend watching it, especially with the Olympics around the corner, because it really talks about the different... I mean, there's just a huge rate of depression with yeah. these Olympic athletes. I was joking around last week about the Olympic Village being like a big, yeah. you know party scene but you know and then these people have been working on their sport and that's it hyper focused since they were kids and then all of a sudden if they're not top three yep they're just nobodies and then if they um you know do win the gold some of them are still living in the poverty level oh for sure and it's just we need to treat them better. I mean, it's just like our troops. Like, we need to treat these people better. I mean, they're going and playing, you know, they're going to the Olympics representing the USA, and then we just crap all over them when they get home. Yeah, it's, uh, it brings up an even more broad question, too. And Justin Angle and I talked about this on a business angle. It's Nuana's now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. What level of sport, like what level of athlete or what level can you attain as an athlete to then maintain an element of normalcy and drive in your life? Because I think that you play sports and you continue to play sports at a high level and you get to this certain level where uh, it's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Like Justin ran, I can't remember which school, but he was a he ran cross country at Ivy League school. So he was, you know, a D1 athlete, but then never had any aspirations of being an Olympian or a pro. He just was a college, a division one college athlete and was very good. And then got his education paid for and then became, yeah. went into higher education, became a professor at Montana. He always talks about how that's the sweet spot because there was no like disappointment and right. he can still run races all the time and it's yeah. all good. And it's not like he failed on this huge goal, but then it's like so many of these guys that play college football, college basketball at such a high level, they don't have the perspective that they're not going to go to the NFL or the NBA. And right. so then they're so devastatingly disappointed that they never were working on like their life plan. They right. just go work at Avis Rent-A-Car or whatever, right. which is fine. That's all good. But yeah. like the guys that realize, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm going to be a player for the Grizz for a couple of years and I'm going to be a pharmacist forever. Yeah. Or I'm going like to start this business. The bigger picture and right. the reality. And I don't know if, um, I don't know if, these coaches that are training these kids are explaining that to them. It's like, they're just so focused on getting to the Olympics and right. the Olympics is amazing, but the opportunity afterwards is very right. negligible. Yeah. And so maybe you'll get a Wheaties box. Right. Maybe you'll get an, a Nike, mm-hmm. you know, sponsorship, but, right. but that's not going to last forever because the Olympics are every four years. So you're not a big deal, you know, a month after. Anyway, uh, highly recommend it. Um, so, watch it. Yeah, it, it is. A, it's a great analysis of just the psychology of humans in general, um, and also just how singular it, it it is to pursue some of these things. The, the some of the Olympic sports too are are different than any other sport. We we kind of mentioned this last week, but it's worth mentioning again. You, you can't just play football all day every day. You, you just get completely worn out. You get hurt, everything. You can't play basketball. I mean, you could shoot around and stuff in basketball, but you can't, like, run around and do it. But you actually can swim, like, all day, every day. You yeah. can do gymnastics for 10 or 12 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, and they do. And they do. Yeah. 
And so that's like a great discipline, but also it can't not be good for you. Doing one single thing of any sort is just not good for you. Right. And so then it limits like the diversity of the mind of these people. And so then they have not only this depression from the disappointment afterwards, this letdown with lack of competition, but also such limited opportunities. Because, I mean, like Michael Phelps talks about in that documentary, he's this world-class athlete and he has no social skills. Yeah. And he's like, of course I got in trouble when I right. was done doing the Olympics. Like, I wanted to go to a party. I didn't know how to party. So I was like... Getting all this trouble, smoking mm-hmm. all this pot, whatever. But it's like, dude, what do you think? The kid's like, he's like a 14-year-old in a 30-year-old's body. Totally. You know? so yeah, they're very... It is, it's really good. Everybody should watch it. The way yeah. of gold. And before I forget, I can't believe I didn't lead with this. Remember last week how I suggested Shikari to get, a, like, be a spokesperson for a weed company? Yes. Well, a vape a company called, like, Vape Daddy or something, I don't know. Has approached her and they Ooh. would like her to be their spokesperson, and she has not responded yet. Interesting. Um, but I'm just saying, obviously, someone's listening here because <laughs> my I am a marketing genius, and I just feel like I need some credit for that. Well, you have been talking about how you can help all these athletes financially. I think you should start a little firm where you broker the athletes now, so college kids can get sponsorships. You should just build your roster up. I was kind of thinking about that, actually, you the other day. do it. All right. Done. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know sports with our good friend, Carolyn, now future sports agent as well. That's right. We do this once a week here on Nuanas Now. Carolyn, brilliant as always. Thank you. Thanks. Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. Jerry Maguire at its finest. Chicken does no sports. Do it each week here on Nuanas Now. It's 1029 ESPN Missoula. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Surprise guest coming up right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. be among the loyalist fans that get the symbolism of the comeback song here but uh, if you do if you do know then you already know if you don't you're going to know in just a minute welcome back it's Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula SWX Montana Television broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio Northwest Motorsport they boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest Trucks, trucks, and more trucks. Go check them out at nwmsrocks.com or you can go find them in Missoula, the corner of Stevens and Mount. Fun show today. We have not talked any national sports yet, though. Talked a bunch of FCS with Sam Herter from Hero Sports. Talked about Marty Morningwake's quarterback camp. Featured some sound from Jeff Garcia, former NFL quarterback, as well as Zach Cruz, Missoula Sentinel product, as well as Hayden uh, Caden Hewitt, excuse me, held uh, a high product that is recently committed uh, to the University of Montana football team. Fun catching up with all those guys. But now we go to the Rangers Brothers RV phone and we welcome in 
the surprise guest. I've been teasing it all day. It's Ryan Tutel, Gus, the old co-host of this show. And Gus, we got a lot to get to. I want to talk some British Open with you. I want to talk some NBA Finals with you. But first and foremost, i got to tell you, our uh, great friend, mutual friend, and uh, your former co-worker, soon to be my former co-worker, Liz, is moving. She's moving across the country to Atlanta, so we have a little going-away party tonight. Uh, but we will be celebrating Missoula Broadcasting Style up at the Lumberjack up Highway 12. Uh, most of the time, oh my goodness! I know, and the last time I was there was with you for your wife's birthday a couple years back. Uh, but that time it was not on fire. Uh, it's all on fire up there, so I'm sort of wondering what is my escape plan uh, if, by chance, uh, the 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 jack goes up in flames tonight. Straight to the river, bro. Straight to the water. Straight to the creek, and then start heading downhill asap. That's it. Well, you've been playing now. Where in the world is Ryan Tutel? You've been making your cross-country road trip. Tell the folks, where are you in the world right now? Well, uh, actually, happily and very, I think, pertinently, I am in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, very close to the Deer District right now in uh, in southeast Wisconsin. So very happy to be in my uh, sort of second home, as, uh, as states go, and uh, enjoying a lovely, lovely summer here. Well, that was the number one thing I wanted to get you on for, because yesterday he called me, and uh, he said, hey, I have hardly anybody in my life to talk about the NBA Finals with. And I said, well, you shouldn't have retired from talk radio, but here you are. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk a little bit about this NBA Finals. I was thinking this was interesting because you, your whole family, you guys are, have Wisconsin roots. Our boss here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, she has mad Wisconsin roots. One of my other best friends, Paul, who may be listening, he's from Milwaukee. So it's actually funny that I have a lot of people that have a distinct rooting interest in this finals uh, with all their Wisconsin ties and the Bucks uh, now pulling even with the Phoenix Suns last night with a great victory. So let's talk about this series. Last night, a huge win for the Milwaukee Bucks. What were your takeaways? Obviously, the block at the end by Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, probably the highlight stealer, but a huge win for Milwaukee last night sort of gets them back on track, and now all of a sudden it's a best-of-three series. It's anybody's game. Yeah, it was a, obviously a monumental win just to to make this series a series again. I mean, Milwaukee goes down that game. I think uh, it's all over but the shouting for the Bucks. And now, I mean, this looks everything like a seven-game series, seems to me. I, I got to say, I give Milwaukee a ton of credit because third quarter, even early fourth quarter, it felt it just felt to me like this is the Suns' game to win, you know. And then, you know, Booker has to take a long seat with, uh, with foul trouble. And, you know, the Bucks sort of keep hanging around and then sort of make a couple stops and get a couple plays. Obviously, down the stretch, you talked about the block, but uh, the big, you know, big night from Chris Middleton, 40 points. Giannis with 26, super efficient. I think Giannis is like 11 of 18 from the floor. And this is the, the takeaway to me from game four. Giannis went to the free throw line twice, 0 for 2. Went to the free throw line two times. That is a recipe for success for the Milwaukee Bucks to me. I mean, they, that means that they have found ways to get Giannis in areas of facilitation so he's hyper-efficient in his scoring and then also was able to get other guys involved because we saw in game two he was absolutely outstanding, best player in the game, and they got blown out <laughs> because nobody else showed up or could show up for Milwaukee. And so uh, now, you know, they got, back, they got back home. That was obviously a big boost, and they got two games that they had to have, and now, uh, now the ball is uh, both literally and figuratively in, in Phoenix's court as they head back to the desert. Wondering so much yesterday, as we previewed this yesterday, Sean Rainey and I did, about Devin Booker and if he could bounce back, because Booker has been among the breakout players of this series so far, uh, but he hadn't really hit a spat of adversity, and then he played terribly in Game 3, 
And he bounced back in a big way with 40 points last night. But I think that uh, that was maybe, part, I guess, 42 for him, 40 for Chris Middleton. But that was sort of part of the game plan for Milwaukee. They were going to let Booker get his and try to get uh, Aiton into foul trouble, which he did a little bit, but not as much as he has been previously in the series. But more than anything, not let Chris Paul kill him, especially in the scoring column. So I thought, actually, the fact that Booker did bounce back, not as important for Phoenix as maybe you thought. I thought it was a brilliant defensive game plan uh, by Milwaukee uh, to sort of let Booker get his and then make CP3 be the one that doesn't get you, doesn't kill you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that assessment. I mean, I, I thought Booker was great, not just as a player last night, but also just in his intensity. It felt like he, that was sort of his welcome to the finals in terms of him for his game, even though it was in a loss. Uh, I do think that, like, I mean, you can't you can't be that guy if you're on the bench. So that, or that foul trouble that he got into definitely is on him, you know, that adversity. But in general, he was absolutely outstanding. I thought DeAndre Ayton, even though I think he only had six points in the game, I thought he was still very good. I thought he was a disruptor defensively, and I thought, you know, rebound on the basketball. So he could get a lot of things done without scoring. He's got a big score anyways. He does, you got to have more than six points, but I still thought he was very good. But where is Chris Paul in game four? I mean, he's just nowhere to be found. And every time, you know, you think that he's got to be the guy that all of this runs to, that he instigates everything, even if Devin Booker does have a big night, and he just wasn't there. And, I mean, this if you're, if you're looking for a reason why the Suns lost by just six points, in general, I think you can point to Chris Paul. And, and maybe, again, that's part of the defensive game plan and credit to Milwaukee, you know, in that. And I'd say, you know, this is not something I've done. I've been pretty critical just, you know, on my own time uh, of, of Mike Budenholzer. But I thought, you know, coaching-wise, I thought he did an outstanding job last night in getting coming off of a win and still being creative in uh, establishing what they wanted to do both directions, really, in game four and, and got another dub. Gus Tutel joining us on the Rangers Spillers RV phone. Lance Nuwana is now. He's former co-host of this show. And uh, he's in Milwaukee right now. So it's a pertinent phone call as we analyze the NBA Finals. So game five, Gus, they always call it a pivotal game five. I did some research uh, coming out of the conference finals. When a series is tied 2-2, two to two, the winner of game five wins said series in the NBA playoffs at an 84% rate. That is an unbelievable rate of success. That's to say that it's not impossible, but it's very unlikely that you win a series if you do not win the pivotal game five when the series is tied two to two. This upcoming game, first of all, are you going to try to get yourself over there? Because you've been basically sneaking into stadiums. You you FaceTime me from the PGA Championship. You're at Jacobs Field or whatever it's called now in Cleveland, the Indian Stadium. So are you going to try to make it into the Deer District here in Milwaukee? Yeah, no doubt. I think Saturday is my plan to get up there. Obviously, the game I think is in Phoenix, but we'll be. I'm. Tr- uh, I think we got a little crew that we're going to try and get together to get outside there and uh, and do it upright with the folks downtown. So we'll see if we can get in there and uh, and check that out. But obviously, I mean, you you said I mean the statistic doesn't lie in that respect, and it's obvious. I mean, if you win Game Five, you know, you got two games to win one, and it goes hugely in your favor. That said. I think mean, this is a bigger game for Phoenix than it is for Milwaukee because Milwaukee still would then, you know, be coming home, will be coming home no matter what for a game six. So even if they're down 3-2, you know, you hold serve at home and then you roll it out there for game seven and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Whereas, you know, Phoenix loses and then has an elimination game in Milwaukee. Whew, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow right there for the Phoenix Suns. So I think this is, 
it's a huge obvious. I mean, it is, they're all huge. It's stupid to even say it, but this is this is uh, the the game for both teams that really is going to sway the series. Whoever wins it is going to be the overwhelming favorite to win the whole thing. But I think it's even more going to you know sway even more in Milwaukee's favor should they win it than it would for Phoenix if they were to. Who takes momentum into Game Five? Uh, I don't believe in it. I know. That's you know, what I had to ask. You. I don't believe. I don't, I don't believe in it. No, man. I mean, the, you know, both teams want. You know, everybody's four zero at home, and so you sit there and go going back to Phoenix. You know, okay, good for the Suns and all that, but I think Milwaukee needed to get into this series a little bit, feel it out a little bit, kind of get you know understand what the other team is doing, and now Phoenix has to respond. They have to respond coaching wise, and they have to respond on the floor to try and you know decode what Milwaukee has now done. But, you know, every game is unique unto itself. Um, I was talking with you yesterday. I forget which series with which what it was. I think it was the LeBron series, but it went seven games, but the first six games were all decided by 20 to 40 points. Like, there was a blowout every single game, even though it was three to three when it was all said and done. So that's the NBA for you, man. Like, it just, you, you go out there and some games come down to the wire. This is a very competitive game, and game four was a lot of fun. The other three really haven't been. So we'll see what happens in game five. And I, I, don't, I don't buy anything about going into it somebody's favorite, other than if you want to do the home team thing, then, then I can get into that. Gus Sutel joining us here on New Orleans Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. One last thing for you, Gus. Louis Oosthuizen, who I know is one of your guys, you like him a lot, fires a 64. Oh, yeah, South African. He is a South African. Yeah. He fires a 64 uh, today to start the Open Championship, the, the British Open, as it were, at St. George's Golf Club there uh, in Kent, England. So I guess my question is twofold. One, Louis has been in the mix uh, at majors quite consistently over the last handful of years, but has not yet claimed one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that's a good start. So twofold, what do you think of his start? Uh, also sort of a resurgence by Jordan Spieth, who also shot a 65. But also, though, the British Open and the U.S. Open are supposed to be where guys are shooting 75s, not 65s. So are they getting soft in these course management? Or is the courses, are, I guess, are the players just getting better? Well, I, I neither. I, in an open championship, the difficulty is always predicated on the weather. And when you go out there and it's sunny and a nice little breeze coming off the ocean, guys are going to go out and shoot well, and they did. And you saw that today. If you get a real, you know, monsoon, you know, three over might be the best score you see, uh, you know, depending on, on how it goes. So it, it's, it's all about the weather at, at those courses in England, and that's where the teeth of the course really come into play. So, you know, that's – and there's no, there's no control in that. That's the way it goes. So I thought Louis was great. He does have a – he won the Masters maybe 10, 12 years ago, but that's his only one. He just came off second at the U.S. Open, so you know that he's playing really well. Um, but he has been in contention a ton and not won. And that's the worry about Louis is just the finishing. I mean, he was, he was ahead with three to go, and John Rahm tracked him down and got the thing done, you know, at the last major. And so, but he was spectacular. You see the silky swing hitting fairways so important at a, you know, link-style course like this. And I also love Jordan Spieth in this tournament because he has the game for it. I mean, the short game, the consistency, and uh, getting much, much more consistent off the tee than he's been. I don't think anything like, you know, uh, a confidence is in question anymore. You know, he had... 
struggled for really almost two years and really felt like he lost it. But I think he's all the way back from that, has a win, has been in contention, and his game suits this. And he's already an Open Championship champion. Uh, and so for him to go out and shoot 65 like he did, I, to me, he's probably the horse to beat after day one. But the long tournament, and especially when you start to factor in the weather, you get one or two really bad days of blowing, of rain and everything, and, 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 uh, and that can change real quick. Ryan Tutel, best in the biz, joining us here on Nuanas Now. Thanks for bailing me out, my man. Good talking to you. Let's catch up soon. Love it. Can't wait to be back in Missoula. See y'all soon. Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Got to get another break in, so we're out. We'll be back. Give you a preview of tomorrow's show. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.